0: The Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John. This episode's guest is with yerky 69, vocalist of the 69 Eyes, as well as the 69 Cats. And this is a fun chat. It's a little brief uh, thing because we were in the middle of a press junket, or I should say Yerky was, uh, but was still an opportunity I leapt at nonetheless. Uh, He and I have been actually trying to have him come back on the podcast for a little while and you know, obviously uh, dealing with a vampire uh, and their weird habits and hours uh, just kind of was a little bit hard to, to lock down a time that worked for both of us. But I uh, was very excited to have him back on the show. Uh, always somebody that I enjoy talking with. And is obviously one of those things where me being a fan of the band for oh, 20, 21 years now, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, the first record I was introduced to the band on was Paris Kills. And I want to say that came out roughly 2002, I want to say. So, like, my senior year of high school, right around the same time I had gotten into him. Uh, around, you know, right before uh, Love Metal came out, someone had uh, shown me a copy of Deep Shadows uh, and highlights. Deep Shadows and uh, Brilliant Highlights. There we go. And, uh, had, you know, said if I was into this band, that I should check out a, a, another band called the 69 Eyes. Um, and it was a thing where it kind of, you know, the the fandom and love of the band kind of started way back then, you know, kind of combining elements of Gothic music or goth music as it kind of has become known, uh, sounding a little bit like typo negative at times and sisters of mercy and a lot of just melding of, of elements that I love and and a lot of different styles and genres of music, but done in a way that I hadn't really heard, uh, honestly, like tinges of Billy Idol and kind of like that eighties rock and glam rock and stuff like that. And just kind of, a fun band, and there was always this kind of serious undertone to the band that I, I don't really think a lot of people pick up on. Maybe they do, but by and large, it seems when I listen to other people interview someone from the band, or you know, read reviews on on the band itself, you know, the albums or live shows or whatever, I feel like everyone thinks of the band as kind of tongue in cheek. You know, that's kind of the the phrase that I see and hear an awful lot and i feel like it's it actually like it it does apply to the band but i think it's such a a discredit to what they're doing because i think people are kind of missing some of the deeper things that they're they're singing about and they're talking about and it kind of takes away from the skilled musicianship of the band and there are a lot of people like that. I think Steel Panther is another great example. You know, a lot of people, are, oh, they're they're a fun band. They're just a throwback band. And, you know, a lot gets said about what they do. And, you know, lyrically, maybe they're not on a, a serious level talking about anything of, an, of real importance. Unless, you know, banging hookers, getting STDs and, you know, drugs and all that is, is of, a, of a value of seriousness. But I do think it kind of discredits the level of musicianship that all of those people in Steel Panther have had and do have. You know, I think it discredits things. And I think we need to kind of step away from that. Um, Kind of being complimentary in a backhanded way to to bands and artists and, and even athletes. You know, I'm kind of, I was thinking about this In correlation today, I went in on my day off to kind of work with the new store manager next door on on building schedules and and helping him do the first set of schedules he's done since taking over. And it was a thing where I walked into my store and, you know, I now have a new employee working there from next door and kind of was just kind of acclimating them to kind of how things go over here, what to expect, uh, so on and so forth. And I happened to walk into a conversation between a customer and, and my employee And, you know, they were talking about, you know, who's the best, you know, is it Michael Jordan, is it Kobe Bryant, is it, you know, LeBron, you know, especially in light of these playoffs that are happening right now, and the game had happened the night before, uh, as I went on recording this, and it was a thing where I go, you know, I think too often, we as fans of things don't appreciate things in real time. We don't appreciate something because of our, our blind loyalty to something, whether it's a team, it's a player, it's a you know our own feelings how we've been raised whatever you can kind of take it further beyond you know sports music whatever you can apply it to a lot of different things and as i think about it i said i think a lot of times we need to to really just appreciate things in real time i go you know was i a huge michael jordan fan absolutely not i watched him a ton you know living in the midwest obviously i got to see him a ton but it was a thing where I go back now and I watch something like The Last Dance or I listen to other interviews of people who played with this, you know, with Michael Jordan or the Kobe's and so forth. And I feel like too often we're so blind to to these things of like, I can't like this person because of our prejudices or whatever, that it becomes this thing where it isn't until someone, in the case of Kobe in this instance, he passed away. He's no longer here. We don't get to appreciate him. And we and if you didn't at the time, you don't kind of get to... to To make amends, for lack of a better term, and I know this is something I've kind of talked about on the show a lot, of appreciating people when they exist, but I think it goes to art beyond that as well. I think at times we can be kind of condescending to the art that we like, or maybe we don't like something now, but it, it grows with us over time and becomes something more. And in the case of the 69 Eyes, and especially with this last record, you know, the most recent record that just dropped a week ago as of when I'm recording this... It's a thing where, you know, you look at like the song about that was inspired by Escape from New York, you know, the John Carpenter movie, and yeah, it's it's kind of fun and, and you know and all that, but it's like I think both the song and the movie were kind of talking about social commentary. You know, where we currently were with the world that we were gonna be inhabiting and leaving or living in. You know, it's it's interesting to go back and look at some of the films from my my youth of the eighties and so forth and early nineties and the expectations that there were of what the world was going to be in 2020. You know, look at like a Demolition Man and how far off it is, but also not entirely. Like one of the things that I think has been interesting about it is how jingles became popular radio in Demolition Man. And essentially now with TikTok having only 30 seconds bursts of a song that can make a song popular where you're knowing it for something, it almost becomes a jingle. So in some instances, some of our art, That we take in 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 different mediums does inform kind of what our future may be or, you know, they may have it wrong. But I mean, again, looking at demolition, Man, Taco Bell was like the creme de la creme of restaurants. And in that time, you know, it was laughable then. But look at what fast food has kind of become. It it has changed, and it's not the same fast food that we know it to be before. Now you're seeing these kind of, it's not quite a restaurant, but it's not fast food either. Things are trying to cater to kind of the healthier lifestyle, different options than just those things. So it's not entirely far-fetched either that that has become a a bit of a reality. But it's, it's just a thing I've been thinking about a lot more, about not appreciating things in real time, because we we kind of don't give it its due. And I definitely think the 69 Eyes, you may look at them, you may listen to, you know, a song like The Lost Boys. That's a really popular song of theirs. I would encourage you to go further back into the the discography and find really great stuff. I think Paris Kills is a great introduction to that band. Where they where they came from and kind of that transitionary period of what they became more of on a mainstream level. But I think there's a lot of stuff like Dance the Armor that's a great fucking song. Um, There's so much to like about this band that I don't understand if you are a fan of rock or industrial or tinges of a lot of things. I think there will be something here for you. And that's why I enjoy talking to Yerky, because I can talk to him about so many things. And in that regard, he's the perfect guest to have on a show like this. Uh, So without further ado, this is my conversation with Yerky, and let's get into it. And I'll talk to you on the other side of it. (music) Since I had the, the old Skype. <laughs> oh, yeah. Out.
1: All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I, I've been doing doing this uh, through Zoom recently, but this works. So oh, yeah, why not?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. Prior to the, the pandemic uh, and when mm-hmm. Zoom and all these other things started popping up, I was like, you know, Skype still exists and there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Hey, we have we have actually the, like 25 minutes. So we better get started.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, this is really just kind of a conversation anyway, but I mean, I do want to talk about the new record uh, a little bit as well, just because, um, you know, I'm going to kind of make this, you know, just kind of right out the gate. Uh, This Murder Takes Two was such a welcome surprise, you know, when getting the record in the email. And, you know, over, what, 30 years into your career, you're still able to throw longtime fans curveballs that we don't know what to expect from you still. I mean, how great. How is it uh, on your end? Is it just kind of still being able to, you know, find innovative ways to keep pushing what the sixty nine eyes is and can be, even for yourself.
1: Well, I, I think we are actually at this moment we are like we're, we're kind of dangerously good at at the right now at at, at right now like live. We be playing continuously like a uh, half a year and did a did just did a European tour and we're. we're dangerously good and I think with this record it's also like uh, like you said we're, we're dangerously like pretty fucking good so we're getting there right so you know like uh there's no it's there's no routine there's no you know like business as usual thinking ever I mean and and I think last decade we were at some point in in a limbo of like this kind of routine of like uh like like rat race like mm-hmm. which which like uh, long time bands uh face like uh, especially in the metal genre that that you put out an album and tour album tour, and then you know put interviews and recording and writing there as well as part of that and then then basically nothing leads to anywhere i mean it's it's cool to maintain your position and get into that even that rat race uh like kind of uh way of uh, handling things or, or or being creative but you know like i wasn't satisfied so that's why i was i, I escaped that and had a couple of uh solo albums and even a rockabilly outfit for a little while and and then like we last time spoke i uh, had a chance to bring the 69 ice back to the stage which was something that we were like uh really like looking forward to after 10 years now as all of a sudden the world stopped, uh, we had a chance to play here in Finland, quite a few shows. Like after, as soon as it was possible, but then we 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 needed a new record label our, our everything like our contracts ended and things like this, and and then then you know like we we ran into this our old A uh, and R guy. Uh, who was like our A and R guy back in two thousand mm. and four? When and those years when when mostly most people know us from that that period of time. Songs like uh, "Lost Boys," "Never Say Die." So this guy was there, and and he was like a constant, like a, helped us to concentrate on the, the quality of this songs then and now as we ran into him we decided to start to do music uh, and under his supervision once again and uh, and uh, he, he, he encouraged us just to write songs and let's start to put out singles like, like every pop artist uh, these days have been doing that for a few years nearly a decade that they, they just release new singles new music new anthems for us and maybe later on they collect them as a as an as an album so we started this in the same vein as as being a pop artist just to like write new music put out single see the feedback see if the song leads us anywhere to radio station playlists and uh it kept everything fresh so basically we just enjoyed like being very present for fans and uh and and here especially here in Finland for for uh, for uh, mainstream public because all of a sudden these songs also get to a lot of airplay here which hadn't happened for some 15 years i mean our music is still played on radio here on a regular basis but those songs are like from those times 15 years ago and I, I i was thinking like okay well a cult band that tours around the world but could we Try to write a couple of songs that still matter for like like for in in the music soundscape of the present day here in Finland, and that started to happen because this a and r guy uh, encourages us encouraged us to start to just write songs good songs, and let's release them so that was going on for a little while, and between that we we were writing all the time new music and, and then we had like a, a collection of songs uh, for an album and still we were releasing singles and now as the album came out, uh it all comes out like in a week, I, I had it as a CD like last weekend and I actually sit down and listen to it as a cd and those songs we've been we've been those singles which are on the album uh we've been playing them at our shows and 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 i sort of how could i say they were introduced me again in in a different way as they were on the album our guitarist spent like uh i I think ridiculously long probably like a month like uh Thinking of the song order on the album, he really—it—it was—it—it it was really going back and forward, and I—I I, I couldn't care less. But now <laughs> I understand. It's—it's—it's. It's, it's, yep, you know what? Come on, I was interesting once again going somewhere else. I'm—I want an adventure all the time, so let, let this guy too. I mean, who who listens to the whole album? But like like I did, I put the CD on, and uh, and I listened to it, and and it's it's magnificent. All these. Singles together in a certain order uh, Made a whole whole new experience for me as well and and it was an album and it's it's a it's a crazy strong album with five Strong singles and then there's coming up a couple of more singles, you know, like after after it's released like on the on the release date We're gonna put out uh, this song this murder takes two that you mentioned with Kat Von D and 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 also a video of it. Oh, so, wow. you know, so it's, it's like, uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's a different way of doing things, uh, nothing new in, in, in some other genres, but, uh, hard rock, uh, metal scene. It's not that typical, but you know, like, uh, for as a as, as being on the creative side, that was the best ever. And I like to, you know, like, uh, probably continue this way i mean I, I we're not gonna be quiet next four years why why you know right like we, like, like what the, what the fuck man i mean like it doesn't i, I want to put out new music as soon as we have chance to go to the studio again and and you know like let, let's keep the music coming out of us uh, and uh you know like that's 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 and, and because i want to be present i want to I have F O M O, you know, fear of missing out. <laughs> you yeah. Know, I like to uh, do you say FOMO? FOMO, yeah. Know. FOMO, yeah. So it's like I have my fucking FOMO. Uh, I, I wanna I wanna be present, you know, I wanna I wanna be out, I wanna, you know, I wanna be active in this way, I wanna rock out, you know. We I I gotta rock. That's yeah. a, that's the anthem.
0: Well I think like the other thing to it to me is I think a lot of artists I think we're just kinda stuck. For the longest time of, like you said, the rat race, the, the constant cycle of, you know, write new songs, tour, or promote the thing, tour, go back to the studio, rinse, wash, repeat, yeah, yeah, nauseam, yeah, yeah. All- and then it's like, I think the pandemic kind of allowed everyone to almost essentially kind of become a new band again, where everyone kind yeah, of has exactly. to work in, in the quiet, in the shadows, and work on something that is almost akin to... Making a first record again, where no one knows what to expect, and you just get to put it out, and then go here, here it is, here is who we are. Granted, the luxury is you have a thirty-year back catalog and all the fans waiting for it, but I don't think anyone really knew that you know there was going to be this this album coming so quickly, and and that I mean I I don't know. To me, like when I listened to this record, you know, I I kept making I kept having this feeling, and I kept making this observation to myself, but like. This felt like a love letter to rock and roll's past put through like the 69 eyes lens, like with little nods and and homages to like Johnny Cash on Murder Takes Two, Sundown kind of has like a cult feel to it to me.
1: Yeah, very much. Yeah,
0: And it's one of those things that, you know, it reminds me of growing up kind of in the mid 80s watching MTV, seeing like the you know, the cult, Billy Idol, like all these different styles and genres and music just being so accessible for one of the first times and still kind of having a a foot for me and my parents anyway, to the seventies and the sixties and so forth. And it just kind of feels like you guys have taken everything. That is rock and roll or everything that is kind of pop culture and in like this wheelhouse and still find ways, like I said, to to pay homage, but still sound uniquely like you have always done. And I and I got to say, I feel like that's got to be because there's as far as I know, there has been no lineup changes in the band over the entirety of the band. So I got to feel like that that adds something to it as well. A little bit of the secret ingredient.
1: Well, like I said, we just thank you for, for that, for those comments. And that's, that's very beautiful how you put the words. And I, I got excited by myself, like, wow, what is, what is this band he's talking about? I like to go <laughs> to check that out. But it's it's like, uh, also like, uh, I don't know, um, think about that, that I don't, I, I don't think that I'm like kind of stuck anywhere, but I mean, if, if we go to, to bar i will tell you stories of johnny thunders or mm. or you know like uh 80s in helsinki or or you know like th- those kind of things that i experienced but i'm not looking for them like back like they should come back but i'm sort of like uh, carrying on the torch and some memories and good wives from from there and throw that to the music but also like with this record i i um I, it sounds fresh as well because uh, we had a producer guy who was younger than us. And previously, when we have been in the studio and like have been thinking like, oh hey, this song might need a 80s synthesizers. Uh, those the, the producers uh, have been the guys who have been actually doing music recording music and producing music in the 80s so they're like okay cool i'll put them in and they're <laughs> the real deal 80s synthesizers and sounds now even though we, we you know we we wanted that to happen like 2001 or something but still so it felt like it was extremely long time ago and then it was like hey it would be super fun to have like Depeche Mode or Duran Duran kind of synthesizers here, like yeah. 2001. I think it's like it's like just a little over ten, like 12 years ago. It was the 80s or something, and and we're like, oh, that's so long time ago. So now, <laughs> now as but and then those guys were like, yeah, I know exactly how to put where to get that sound, and most likely they just they wiped the dust away from from the machine in the corner and and and. Put pluck that somehow in and okay here we have them so but now we have this young guy who's like oh hey this this and we were talking and this this could be cool this song would could be cool to have like a this kind of now you call it synth wave where the hell that word came from i don't know but that's like the the 80s sound you know synth wave sound and then the, we have this young guy so he's like oh hey let's have like 80s keyboards there and we're like Mm, that that could work and then he creates uh, like I have you know like a, like these marks around the world like 80 synthesizers according to his imagination I mean he wasn't there he thinks that they sounded something like that or this and then he creates them so, so obviously they sound like fresh like if you actually listen to this synthwave music Mm-hmm. Those guys who are making it in a song, or some, or or e- even in the, like just records and stuff, like they they sound like authentic, but somehow there's always some, like fresh flavor, you know. So um, so so you know that's why I I think our records so- sounds and feels fresh because it's it's not done by veterans. You can call us veterans. But you know, like it's it's done by it's it's it, there's a young, young like a producer and young enthusiasm behind to make it sure make, bring it something that that it makes it still fresh, to put it that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know it's the timing of this of us doing our conversation is uh like very serendipitous because, you know, I got the record a little while ago uh, and, you know, immediately threw it on when I went and took my dog for our morning walk. And in that span of time, kind of give you a little backstory, like I'd kind of fallen out of love with listening to music for a while because doing this podcast for almost seven years now, you know, I got to the point where instead of Listening to an album to enjoy it, I listened to it as almost like work, like where it's like,
1: All right, what's yeah, my, what's yeah. my
0: angle now to talk yeah, about what I'm something. gonna say
1: about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so I
0: just kind of really fell out of love of music, like it became a chore. And yeah. very recently I started kind of getting back into music and I realized like my fandom came out again and it actually was rekindled by Villa from formerly of him. With his new album that just came out, and uh, one of the publicists that I deal with all the time, like, I literally woke up, checked my email, and saw that he had a new album, a tour was getting announced, and, like, I was just so excited, like, I immediately emailed her, I was like, let's set up an interview, let's do something, not even realizing that it was, like, November and the album wasn't coming out until, like, the end of January, and I was like, oh, shit, I got way ahead of myself, but, like, I just went and saw him. Uh, about a week ago as of today Cool. and to be in a a small room again. And and it was actually the the place I saw you guys last uh, St. Andrews Hall in Detroit. And it just, you know, knowing I was going to talk to you a week later, I just was like filled with so many memories of like listening to both of you for so long and, and kind of having you along for my musical journey for like 20 years and to be excited again, that both of you as artists are putting out music that, I am excited about, but more importantly, I still see the growth of you as people like between what, like I was already saying of like listening to this new album of yours and thinking about how you all have still grown, that it still feels like you're energized and love making this music and that it's your purpose and your passion to then even seeing Villa playing Some of the new stuff off of Neon Noir and some of the older stuff and even going all the way back and playing stuff off of Greatest Love Songs, which usually it was always It's All Tears, but now hearing When Love and Death Embrace, it was just like, shit, I haven't been this much of a fan and being this excited about music and artists that have been around for almost like a good half of my life at this point. And it's, you know, we... Not often do we as fans get to say thank you personally to the people that inspire us and do these things to us, but you know, I have the moment now with you to tell you, like, thank, thank you, you for the music that you make because it's getting me excited. It's kind of rekindled my fandom of listening to music and being excited about seeing bands and being in a room with people and getting these records before people and just getting excited about these releases.
1: Thanks for sharing this, and I think. You know, this is uh, this both sides because, uh, like, what I recently experienced. Uh, you know, I think in general, like the like last three years got us numb for various reasons. You know, like, uh, and and this is what you're experiencing is just like death of darkness, my friend. <laughs> so, you know, like, uh, uh, I think you know, like what 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 has happened to me is like uh, uh, I, I started. During our European tour, I started to this ritual to jump to the audience during some song and sing the chorus with them, uh, like, uh, like in the in the middle of audience. And and I felt like that was that was that was the best high I've got for a long, long time. And I was I felt really comfortable to be there, dance and party with my friends every night. Are you there? Yeah. No, okay. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. listening. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, you know, like, uh, like my death of darkness was just like on this tour, I got excited about the fact that I'm sort of exorcisting the COVID away and I'm bringing back the, the wife for people that we are together experiencing something. And I jump, jump to the audience and I jump around and dance and sing with them. And that's the best high I've got for, For many years and you know like when i started out as a a rocker and i was i was learning my lessons i was watching like uh ggl in line locked (laughs) interior uh, steve baiters you know and those guys were like you you didn't want to fuck with them you know like you were kind of scared to see them on stage same with iggy pop so you know so when when the 69 i started to play i was you have to be different and then the people were sitting in the tables we were opening act for some bands so of course i i i run to the audience and jump to the tables in front of them singing like as a wild man and that was like how we started so but then again now after three decades i i went to see palais Royal, uh fantastic band band. and it's 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 it is it is like it's do yourself a favor and go to see them. And my favorite main vocalist at the moment, like a new voice, is is Remington. So he was go, I saw him saw them two nights in Helsinki in a row and, and, and he was his his ritualist is go to the audience. And they have beautiful, beautiful glammy creature kind of like audience, with, with, which I haven't seen for years anywhere, that kind of people with their looks. So he was there, went to the audience and singing. and Then then we go a couple of days later to tour to Central Europe. And I think, honestly, actually I, but for real, with, with my Cuban heels, I think I fell down from the stage mm. originally. But then there I was, like, in the middle of people, there was people around me. I was like, okay. Then I started to, you know, continued it like like <clears throat> it wasn't accident. It, I, I, it it might have been. <laughs> but so I just continued uh, maintaining my cool and singing the chorus and, and uh, encouraged the people around me to sing uh, and jump along as well. And then I started to repeat it over and over again. And that was really cool. And I realized that this was something to do with Getting us all back together, and 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 also for me, it was of of course like it started to become like I was nearly addicted to that, and uh, then again like I felt like I'm like uh, exorcisting ex- COVID away, you know, instead of like like you know like still half a year ago there was this covid rules Mm -hmm. at least i i read about them i I wasn't part of that but i read about that there was like when bands were touring they're supposed to be in their own bubble or something in the states so you know like just like my answer is just jump to the audience and sing there so yeah death of darkness we both experienced that in our own way You, you just explained how you did it and i explained how i did it so uh that's a beautiful story and be- beautiful for me to understand that as well. On the other uh, what what does it mean on the other hand to me?
0: Well, I think, <clears throat> and I know we got to kind of start wrapping up since we're yes, time almost time done. But, you know, to kind of start wrapping up, I think <clears throat> it's been, I feel like you guys have always done that. <clears throat> um, I feel like you guys have always. You know, it, I feel like it's a discredit to you all as as musicians and you more so, I think, as a lyricist uh, of the band when you see a lot of people just kind of fixate on that, you know, your lyrics are tongue-in-cheek and they're this and they're that. And, you know, they're very much that. I mean, you have a song dedicated essentially to, you know, it's an homage to Escape from New York. But yeah. I think I think the thing is, though, is like when listening to that, even like that song, I feel like you're making more of a, a social commentary th- through like i said through the prism of entertainment from the 80s but i think if you really were to look at like what is being said both in both the song you created that was inspired by the movie i think people are kind of missing that there's a lot more to what you're singing and talking about and have been for a long time and i feel like that's something that is i hope that people start taking notice of more and should have all along, but that the, I think you don't get the credit you deserve for being a serious band
1: uh, oh thank you thank you that that's, that actually has that side you are right on the spot because you know those it, it, it's it's sounds kind of movie uh like a, like uh I don't know like a, there's some some twist in the lyrics, but it's actually like and it's it's kind of po- poetic, but it's actually also, also a social comment on that song like a world is a bliss. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you know, all, all that. So it's it's your right, your. I'm glad you discovered that because it's obviously there is the points. But I rather tell that we are teenage Goo Goo Mucks <laughs> and and we're just playing rock and roll because you know, like uh, that's the other side of it. But you know, there's me who's been doing this this long, and the songs are. You know, the lyrics are somewhat my um, di- part of my diary, and I can tell you where, where this and that refers to. And then I've lived everything, even the song w- would be about this and that. There's part of me there, always.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, I know that you got a tour. The "Got a Rock" tour is starting uh, in about a month. Uh, unfortunately, you're not coming close to Michigan in any way, shape, or form, or the Midwest. Um, but hopefully, there will be like maybe a fall tour surrounding this, and uh, maybe we can do another one. Or at the very least, I'll make the trek wherever you are, and uh, we can maybe do a chat over some some drinks of some sort. Sure, and, uh, sure. And I,
1: I just I hope that people well, well we're coming to the state, which is. A kind of difficult for European bands at the moment, like you probably heard, but mm-hmm. we want to do it uh, no matter what it costs and and we're trying out to do a short like a test drive uh, on the on the west coast uh, for god of rock usa and and let's see how it goes and we're, we're obviously we are looking forward to coming back for extensive tour but now these are the baby steps after these three years yeah. for us all so uh, let's start it this way and and don't don't get like uh um, don't take it like uh personal no if no. we don't show up your <laughs> local pop pop oh, no we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it but uh i i wish i would encourage people to please make everything that you can come to see uh like uh an '80s band from Finland touring with Pretty Boy Floyd uh, in 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 your your country in early May, yeah. you know, because it's worth it. And I'm I'm guarantee you will get everything you want from that from those shows.
0: Absolutely, we'll enjoy the rest of your day. Safe travels, and until next time, I'll talk to you later. Well,
1: we're gonna to talk to you soon, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for this. Yeah, thank you.
0: So that was my conversation with Jyrki. one uh, again, I want to thank him for coming on the show. And, uh, kind of just, you know, really embracing, I guess, kind of the, uh, the randomness of, of not really having a scripted thing. And sometimes it is kind of nice to kind of, I don't want to necessarily say focus on the record or to do a quick 20, 30 minute conversation. Cause I feel like there are times where when you're right, really getting into the throes of like a good back and forth, that's when your time's up. Um, but it also makes you wanting, wanting more, hopefully, um, and I've been trying to learn as I've been kind of doing uh, some more, you know, personal reflections and so forth, and trying to better myself. Uh, I've been doing more to lose weight and be in better, you know, shape. Uh, you know, I have some tools now to to kind of deal with more of the mental side of things. Uh, I've kind of been neglecting some of my my actual physical health, so I'm trying to right those wrongs as well. And honestly, that would be something I would love to talk to Yirki about uh, down the road. Uh, I see in the last, I want to say it's been at least a couple years. Uh, I'm not sure of when it started, but I know he has since uh, gone vegan. Um, He looks great by all the promo photos and stuff like that I've seen and some of the live videos I've been seeing on YouTube popping up from uh, their most recent touring. And looks good. He looks very healthy. And as we get older, I think that's the thing is it turns into a thing where, you know, I know, like, I've gone through it personally, like, where I'm like, man, I just want to, like, want to drop some weight, and I, and we look for an easy way, and sometimes it's, it's not easy. Um, My wife, you know, kind of going through uh, some health issues with herself, you know, recently kind of, uh, you know, finding out that she's diabetic, and, you know, I really commended her, and still commend her for really just getting ahead of it before even her first, uh, you know, official... Doctor's visit, you know, started researching a lot of stuff, talked to her family, talked to some other friends that have been going through it, and kind of started making the changes that she knew she would have to make. And I think a lot of times that's the thing that I I admire about so many people in my life is that they just grab life by the horns and just know that things need to be done and that they can't wait. And it's really inspiring to see things like that. And, you know, it kind of gives us, I think, permission to, to make these changes ourselves that if someone we see and deal with every day or very consistently in our lives are able to make these drastic changes, then that's what we should be doing as well, that we should take those those risks to do that. You know, I'm kind of reminded on a couple of different levels uh, in my in my like 10 days off So much has been going on, you know, I went hiking uh, up in the trails uh, up in Zion and went to the Salt Lake to go to uh, an island, basically, um, and go hiking. And it was a thing where, you know, getting to see you know, wildlife and, and kind of like the real challenge and with interesting thing. And I was honestly scared. Cause like, I don't really hike. I mean, I walk, but like the joke my wife and I made during this four hour hike that we were on is what's the difference between hiking and walking other than the terrain you're on. And it was a thing where, you know, the last part in Zion, as we're going to this waterfall, like you're, you're having to cross through a, a stream, like a river and as we're getting to the last part to get to the waterfall itself, we're having to walk 10 minutes or so into the, the, into the river that's going really fast. So fast that they in fact closed one of the other waterfall things that we were going to go do because the water was so fast moving that they just didn't want people in it and being taken over by it. But it wasn't deep enough. I mean, it was about knee level deep, but it wasn't so deep that it, it, wouldn't that you couldn't stand up you know using the sides of the of the canyon and all that and it was kind of intense and i'm like there are people that do this all the time and it was cool but like there were times like climbing some of the stuff like they had stairs for one but the next set to get to the next level of the waterfall it was just like some sticks and some shit propped in a corner on the on the like crag basically and i remember thinking to myself this seems pretty easy to climb up But when I have to climb down, like, I'm not really good with heights, and I don't really know how I'm going to do this. But I didn't let that stop me, because I saw so many other people going up there and enjoying the sights, and it's just the adventure of it all. And it was something that I knew I needed to start doing, because I kind of want to start doing these things and not having that fear, like... I don't know. I I know I'm kind of rambling, but like there's, there's just been so many things happening lately in my life where I just feel like it's a thing that I need to embrace. I need to embrace the challenges. I need to embrace stepping out of my comfort zone and and doing things that are going to better myself and, and give me these experiences that, you know, I think would prevent a lot of us from experiencing these things. Like I said, I have a fear of heights. And as long, like, it's it's a thing where, like, climbing these things wasn't so bad. But when, like I said, coming down and I realized how high I am and I have to kind of be more strategic coming down, that's when I realized how high up I was in some of these instances. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm really afraid. But I just, I had to calm myself and, and just do it. And the other thing that that has been impacted in, and, you know, I just watched a video right before recording this of, you know, Kevin Smith uh, coming out talking about how he had some mental health issues and, and went and got through them. And there was a phrase that I kind of latched on to. Um, I mean, it, it sounds so simplistic when you hear someone else say it and you just kind of go, well, I mean, yeah, duh. But we don't give ourselves the permission to do it. it was, you know, him talking about trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter how big or how small it may seem to someone else. Trauma is trauma. And internally we can't we can't separate that. Like a trauma that you dealt with as a child and all these other things that you go through day to day, they're all real and your brain and our bodies can't process them like of important to least important. They just experience it as trauma. And when you kind of thought about that, I think about how. We do that with a lot of things. I think I don't think we, we, we are bad at trying to assess what is more important or what's not. And I think even when we do that, sometimes I think we negate what things can be because something that we may deem is not very, not very big or important are very fucking important. And it's one of those things where, like I said, I'm just trying to be better. I'm trying as I'm getting older. You know, I'm going to be 39 in a couple months. 40s around the corner thinking about my parents being you know almost 70 now it's a thing where living life and getting older doesn't seem so far-fetched it's not super unattainable to be 50 you know looking at fit like that's going to be the next thing when I hit 40 like that'll be my next thing I'm thinking of is what is 50 going to look like and I hate to say that like I have kind of lived a life very recklessly or anything like that because I have not but I'm at a point where I start realizing that I probably need to make changes for the betterment of myself. And, you know, I want to shout out uh, some homies, uh, Tyler from A Virtue and Dale. Uh, You heard me talking with uh, Jake from uh, Gideon. Uh, We mentioned Dale at the end of that chat. Uh, Dale is a security guard at some of our venues here in Grand Rapids as well as now as Detroit, Uh, as well as just being a great fucking human being, Uh, a very positive person that has come into my life. And, you know, I came across the Twitter thing between him and Tyler about like, oh, we want to start an accountability thing to start losing weight and be better. And I realized like anything you want to do to better yourself, it starts internally. Like you need to want it. Um, Oftentimes we see with, you know, addiction problems and so forth, like if a person doesn't want it, it's not going to happen. But the other side of that is I think understanding that we can do things with people. It's not a journey we have to take alone, I think is massively important. And so for someone like myself, I just figured it'd be great to have somebody else that I can share my, my successes in. And I can also kind of share in some of the the bad moments that I'm having and not feel like, like I said, not feeling like I'm alone. And it's been great, you know, just at worst, like the group message that we have going, there have been days where like Dale or Tyler or myself are just not having a good day and like, we'll vocalize some of it. And they're like, yeah, man, me too. I had a pretty shit day today, but you know what? We're going to correct it tomorrow. And it's crazy how even having those little things have helped me mentally, have started helping me physically. Like, you know, I'll put it out there for just an accountability even on this show. Uh, at my heaviest when I started this thing, I was 219. Two um, after the vacation, I gained some of the weight. But right before I went on vacation over the last like three weeks of us starting to do this, it was down to 205. My goal now being back from vacation uh, is to get down to 200, uh, in the next two weeks, uh, through just some good exercising, eating better and some other things. So I'm hoping that in two weeks from now, like in, I guess in two more episodes, uh, I will hopefully be down. Uh, I just weighed myself right now, uh, right before I did this. Cause I haven't since I've been back, I'm at 207 and a half. So I feel like that should be pretty attainable, honestly. Um, That's my goal. I'm going to work toward it. And then from there, it's really just kind of fine-tuning and getting down. My goal weight really is to get about 175, 180 currently. Um, So I'm going to see how that looks. I think it's going to help some of my other health issues. Uh, It'll hopefully help my knee problems that I've been having. But also that's from just skateboarding and being a shitty teenager, uh, doing things and a kid uh, just randomly playing and not having any regard for my safety. (laughs) Um, But all that said, I'm going to start wrapping this up because this kind of ventured into more of a personal thing. But like I said, I want to take these outro intros and outros and I want them to become something that I think is going to hopefully enrich and help those who are listening and stick around to these uh, because I honestly just want everyone to be better. I think everyone can be better, a better version of themselves. And I think if you do that and I think if you focus more on positivity. I think obviously it'll have a a drastically different uh, approach to things and and can't help but benefit your life in a more positive manner. So with that said, if you would like to keep up with The 69 Eyes, you can find them on Facebook at The 69 Eyes. Twitter and Instagram are at The 69 Eyes Official. If you would like to keep up with Yurki, you can find him on Instagram at Yurki69, J-Y-R-K-I-69. Or just simply go to The69Eyes.com for all of your 69 Eyes needs, they are touring. I am sad, as you heard at the end, that they are not coming to the Midwest, and I unfortunately will not be able to make it to any of the dates that are happening, but if you are able to, please go check them out on this tour. Uh, I don't think I have to say this, but obviously foreign bands coming over to the US to tour, it is imperative that when they tour the states and they come around you, go support them and go see them, because it shows that there is a demand, and then therefore they will be able to start touring over here cost-efficiently, uh, as they can and come over here more consistently. Um, I know as a fan of so many bands overseas, I love getting to see them. I try to go see them as much as I can because it's so far and few between. And honestly, it's a small glimpse into what it's like living anywhere else other than the United States, uh, where so many fans of bands don't get to see their bands, but maybe once every four or five years, or maybe longer in some instances. In some of the, how, depending on how far away you know these bands have to tour. Um, all that said, if you would like to, uh, keep up with the podcast, you can find us simple enough Bruce speak pod on all your social medias. Uh, if you want to send me an email, brutally at gmail.com. If you can rate review, subscribe, whatever on whatever platform you're using, please do helps us out tremendously. And lastly, I want to thank our sponsors, Rockabilia and starving artist brewery. Finally have a new code for you to use at checkout at Rockabilia. Go ahead and use our code Brew 10 at checkout. Take 10% off your total purchase order. So huge thanks to Frankie and Rockabilia for their continued support, as well as Andy and all the rest of the crew over at Starving Artist Brewery. And for the brutally speaking podcast, I am John and I will talk to you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.